1: There is this entry into musical theater mythology. Everybody claims that they saw the production or were in the production or know someone who was in the production where Chino came out to shoot Maria. No, wait. (laughs) My bad. (laughs) Where Chino came out to shoot Tony and he didn't have the gun or the gun didn't go off. And so he decided to throw his shoe and yell,
0: poison boot.
1: (laughs) I wanted to know if you've ever lived through a poison boot type experience.
0: Actually, I didn't, but um, I heard of a production. It was actually one of the European productions, the tour, where okay. um, Maria gets the gun after, and she's how many bullets are left in this Chino, enough uh-huh. for you and you, that that whole section. And so she was pointing the gun and saying, and you, and you, the gun accidentally went off on a jet girl. And <laughs> then the jet girl just like looked at her and said, bitch, and then just fell to the floor. <laughs> So that's one of my favorite stories. I wish I was there to witness that, but yeah, that was like one of the that one
1: jet girl who probably never had like didn't have a line in the <laughs> no entire lies. show. Yeah.
0: Clarice, Clarice, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> was the unexpected victim. That just reminded me. I totally forgot about this, and I'm not going to use names to protect the innocent. But there, <laughs> there is a story, and there were creatives in the room during this rehearsal. Like, original creative team in the room. Oh, sure. Tony ran to Maria. Tony gets shot. Tony falls to the ground. And the poor guy farted loudly.
0: Oh, no. Uh -uh. (laughs) Uh-uh.
1: Like, everybody was trying to finish the scene (laughs) with, like, those church giggles. Uh Uh-uh. And I mean, like, honestly, the only thing that would have made that whole story better is if Steven Sondheim yelled, poison poot! <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to a musical theater podcast where we discuss the cultural and emotional impact of some of our favorite musicals in theater history. My name is Jeffrey Scott Parsons. You can call me Jeff. Today, we are talking about the legendary West Side Story, one of my top three favorite musicals, with a friend and incredibly talented human being. It's Hector Guerrero.
0: Hey, buddy.
1: Hi, Hector. I'm so grateful hey, you're buddy. here.
0: Yeah, thank you for having me. I love your podcast. Oh, thank you. One of my favorite things to do is to drive and listen to your podcast, especially in LA when there's so much traffic. It just like makes the time fly. So thank you for that.
1: Oh, that's so sweet. Tune out. Tune out with Jeff. <laughs> I love it. Um, I'm going to introduce you more fully in a little bit, but I want to like jump right in because I think it will actually help your introduction. <laughs> okay. If that makes sense. West Side Story, which, what do you even say about it? It's like mm. one of the all-time greats.
0: Amen. Classic. Classic. iconic
1: For sure. Mm-hmm. It is, I believe, next to Oklahoma, the musical that pushed musical theater further than any other musical.
0: Yeah, especially when it came to the choreography. Yes. Because that choreography tells a story. As we saw when Jerome Robbins' Broadway was on Broadway, there was a whole section of the West Side Story choreography, and you can look at all that choreography, and you understood the story perfectly. That was mm-hmm. so.
1: For those who don't know, that was a show late '80s, early '90s. It was known as one of the most expensive shows because they recreated oh all of Jerome Robbins' hits. Who's this, you know, famous director choreographer? whose shirt I am wearing today? Yes, I'm wearing my my friend Jerry shirt. Now available on our Tee Public store. <laughs> so they recreated all of his famous dances, but in doing so had to recreate all of the sets. So it yeah. was like 10 musicals in one.
0: Sets, costumes, and even the rehearsal process, it was months. God, was it six months of rehearsal? I can't even remember. And the cast, 50 cast members, To I mean, it was like crazy. Stacked
1: with talent. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so anyway, Oklahoma, we always think of as being the first show that really fused the musical theater art form in a serious way, taking words, music, choreography, and fully integrating them to tell a story. But I believe it's West Side Story that truly teaches how beautiful and important collaboration could be. Because the way that these four individuals who we'll be talking about today operated at the top of their game and still managed to seamlessly their work into everyone else's is a real testament to this art form forever.
0: Completely agree.
1: Now, the first guy we're going to talk about is Jerry, my friend Jerry. Now, the reason, <laughs> the reason my friend Jerry is a thing here on this podcast is because I struggle with him as a human. <laughs> he is responsible for my three favorite shows of all time, Fiddler on the Roof, West Side Story, and Gypsy, three shows that are very different. And yet he directed mm. and choreographed all three of them. In addition to being a creative genius, he's also known for being kind of a horrible human being. In terms of the way that he treated people, uh, he very infamously got pulled into Congress to testify for the House on american Activities. And he told on a bunch of people and got a bunch of people blacklisted because he was afraid of being outed. I mean, like the stories kind of go on and on and on. And yet within him lies this creative genius Now, you have a really interesting connection to him and yet are an amazing human being. So congratulations (laughs) on that. (laughs) But you are one of the few people that has been permitted by the Jerome Robbins Foundation to recreate his original choreography for West Side Story. Can you tell us all how that came to be?
0: Yeah, I was part of the last cast that Jerome Robbins supervised. He was at all the auditions at rehearsals and then whenever we were in a new town and we would have a rehearsal before we had opening night in that new town while we were on tour he was always there to give us notes and yeah so I was really fortunate to be in that room with him and just to learn from him Alan Johnson actually directed and choreographed the production he's no longer with us Alan Johnson is very well known for all the Mel Brooks movies he choreographed the producers Young Frankenstein History of the World. Oh, and he's also, you know, that logo that we have that, that was um, originally for the movie uh, where the two like stick figures on the fire on the Oh, yeah, skate. yeah, yeah. He mm-hmm. was the model for the, the male. No
1: way. Who's that artist? Saul Bass. Wasn't it Saul Bass? Yeah, yeah. The And then the
0: female w- model was Lynn Ross, who was Estella in the, in the company at West Side Story. Actually, wow. and, West, and Alan Johnson was an original Shark Swing in the original production. So, yeah. Cool. Um, so
1: he knew the show pretty well.
0: Oh yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> so he set the production with with Debbie Allen when she did it back in the '80s. He was check the out that man.
1: YouTube video, people. Oh my if gosh, you,
0: that woman! Fire, fire! Yes. You're absolutely right. <laughs> Fuego! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I love that. Oh, I missed that. So, yeah, so I was really fortunate to be in the room with him. I was hired as a shark. I was hired as Ingyo. And I eventually became dance captain. Um, and it was approved through him. And I wasn't really petitioning for that job. I was just always at all the rehearsals, even when I wasn't called. Because I just wanted to learn from the man and be in the room. Because West Side Story was always my favorite movie, um, movie musical. And it's my favorite Broadway musical, So to not only be able to do this show, but to do that original choreography and that original direction and learning it from the man. You know, Jerry Mm -hmm. was the man. So I would sit there and I would just write things down in my journal, like when he would say stuff. I remember when we were in different cities and he would come in and we'd start the top of the show and a minute into that, that prologue, he would be, stop, stop, stop. Sometimes we would like do things like, go over, like try to kick higher or do things like that. I said, no, 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 no. It's like this. And of course he wasn't capable of doing things like full out, but just the little that he would do was so much more storytelling than what we would try to do. Like when we were like batma to our faces, you know, like, sure. And now I've been given this gift to be able to share this choreography because there's only a few of us that are um, allowed by the Robbins trust to reproduce choreography and I'm the only one in the West coast. So it's allowed me Mm -hmm. to set the show a lot here on this side of of the, of the United States. So I'm really grateful for that. And I've set it throughout the U S China and for the Shakespeare's festival. So I've been really, really blessed. And it's, yeah, yeah. And it's so like, it continues to still tell the story and people still relate to it. Yeah. You know, especially with with stuff that's going on in our world. Like we still haven't learned our lesson, you know?
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah.
0: Like going back to when I worked with you, when you did the show for me um, at Musical Theater West, remember when you were uh, doing Jury Duty?
1: J- jury Duty. Remember it that? It was crazy. Oh yeah. my gosh. I hadn't even thought about talking about this on on the show. But I did Jury Duty for four weeks leading up to rehearsals for West Side Story. And uh, it was a murder case involving gangs in Los Angeles where the boyfriend was shot and bled out and died in the girl's arms. Hello. <laughs> and i was just sitting there as it was unfolding like oh are you kidding me we're going into rehearsals right now and yeah. it boy it fueled me in a in a very yeah. real and gritty way that actually sometimes made me a little impatient in the rehearsals because mm. i was like you're not getting it
0: exactly yeah anyway that's so thank you for reminding me of that yeah I totally yeah, forgot. Yeah, yeah yeah of course Ugh. Uh, oh, going back to what you were saying about Jay, uh, so that those are his great qualities because the man yes. is a genius. I mean, you look at all his work. Every show is completely, completely different, but mm. amazing. And it's like you said, Gypsy, Fiddler, mm-hmm. King and I, King and I, Peter Pan on oh the town. Gosh. I mean, we mm-hmm. can go, go on and on and on, but each show is so, so different, but yet so perfect. I mean, it is, yeah. it, it is perfect. His choreography tells so much of the story. Now, his funky qualities, I mean, <laughs> we'll stuff, call him that funky. Happened, <laughs> stuff that happened to like me as a shark, um, the Jets always traveled first class on the plane. The Sharks were always in the back by the restrooms. Um, we, when we were in Europe, we played a lot of opera no houses. <laughs> and, um, I mean, the Jets were always on the first floor, which made sense because the show revolves a lot around them. They have mm-hmm. a lot more than the Sharks, um, especially the shark men. Now, the shark man, sometimes we were on the fifth floor. And then, like, (laughs) the third and fourth floor would be empty. But just to make us feel like nothing, like, fifth floor, walk up. Fifth floor, walk up. Yeah.
1: Nothing (laughs) like a white man to be like, just in case you missed what it's like to be a (laughs) minority. I'm I'm going to really drive it home.
0: I lived that. You know, I grew up (laughs) with that. I grew up in East Los Angeles. And there was a lot of crime in in our neighborhoods. When I was growing up, it wasn't so much a gang by that time. It was more drug-related um, and, and violence in that sense. So a lot of the killings were doing due to drugs. So, um, I mean, I grew up with a lot of kids who were, like, no longer with us. I mean, they, like, ended up being killed and stuff like that. So my parents sent me to an all-boys Catholic school, which took, like, an hour bus ride from my home because they wanted me as far away as possible from that. Oh, um, gosh. And, of course, at that time, I didn't appreciate it. But now looking back, I'm so grateful that they did that for me. But there was probably like 3% Latinos at the school. So I know what that felt like. So I don't need someone to tell me, like, oh, I'm going to make <laughs> you like. And I think if you hire smart actors, they don't need to be put through that.
1: We don't need to be manipulated exactly. into. Giving yeah. you what you think we don't know. It, yeah. I don't know. It, it deserves a conversation, not, not those yeah. weird, weird mind And if
0: games. you don't know, it's like then you guide them. It's like, well, here's some reading material or here's some pictures. You know, another thing that I used to like to do a lot was I like, post pictures of like gang violence in the 50s and stuff. Now I don't do that as much anymore because we have it so much of like this hatred in the world. It's like, uh, just turn on the news. Just turn on the yeah. TV. You know, it's like we're, it's, we're divisive. Yeah, For exactly.
1: Sure. Yeah. And divided. Divisive mm, and divided.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So sad.
1: All right. So we've we talked about Jerome Robbins. Let's move on to one of his collaborators, Leonard Bernstein. Now, uh, Lenny, as he's kind of known to everybody, while Jerome Robbins was difficult, Lenny was infamously not difficult. Everybody liked Leonard Bernstein. Mm. He's also one of the most, I think, influential people in music in America. He was conductor of the New York Philharmonic for many, many years and was very instrumental in American composers really being taken seriously in classical music like George Gershwin, Aaron Copeland, those sorts of people. What's fascinating about him, though, is that in addition to being the most famous conductor this country has ever seen, he also managed to write a lot of original music, particularly Mm. in musical theater. On the Town, which we already mentioned because Jerome Robbins choreographed that. Wonderful Town, <laughs> go figure. Mm-hmm. Candide, West Side Story, all of these came from his brain. It's it's pretty incredible that he was able to do both. Yeah. I have a quote from this guy named Maurice Perez, uh, who was one of his uh, assistant conductors of the New York Philharmonic. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it goes to show how well he knew music and how that affected his own compositions he says bernstein loved puzzles musical quotes some disguised some overt are scattered about his music my favorite is the lightly disguised paraphrase of the immolation scene from wagner's *Götterdämmerung* in the cortege music that ends west side story mm. and of course to that I say I have no freaking clue what that means.
0: <laughs> but,
1: <laughs> but I'm sure it's impressive to somebody. And and that is kind of my point is, once again, all of these people were operating on such a high level of oh their gosh. own totally. field mm. that it's kind of un- undeniable. Yeah,
0: I mean, he combined lyric opera, opera, show music, vaudeville, jazz, Latin, orchestral, and if you talk to most musicians that perform in, in Broadway musicals, they'll tell you that that score is one of the most difficult scores they they ever play. Wow. So they love playing it because it challenges them. And also whenever we played Europe because we played a lot of opera houses, the billing at all these opera houses was Leonard Bernstein's West Side Story.
1: Oh, because he was the in, he was the in yeah. to the opera house.
0: Yeah, so he got first billing like an wow. our advertisement. Yeah. That's but so cool. like again, going back to how challenging and how, cool, and that's why I still love listening to that music because it is so amazing. Like America, the time signature uh, goes from alternating <laughs> bars from six eight to three fours. You know, it's very similar to a uh, guajira, which is a, a song like in Cuban culture, and then the tempo is a huapango, which is a Mexican folk dance. So I love that he brought all these Latin influences into the song. It wasn't kind. It wasn't a Broadway version of what someone thought would be uh, sure. uh, Latino music. It's like they brought all these different Latino elements into the music. So and it, then, it's uh, like
1: a, a culmination of many, many Latin cultures.
0: Exactly. Which I thought was so amazing that he did wow. that, you know? Yeah.
1: That's great. And I think
0: that, that had a lot to do with its influence because uh, Tito Puente, which he was a band leader in in, in Tito New York. Puente? Yeah. He was a, a percussionist. He played mm. the timbales. But he was uh, also a band leader. He had his own band.
1: Like Ricky Ricardo? I don't mean to be like... Dem- yeah, yeah,
0: totally, totally like okay. that. Like he was very well known like that. So I think his influence on that played a big part in Lenny's America number. You
1: know? Wow, that's really yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. I, had no, I had no idea. Okay, so that's Lenny Bernstein. Let's go to his lyricist, Mr. Stephen Sondheim. You know, Mm -hmm. the old hack himself. (laughs) Uh, Sondheim is, of course, a musical theater genius. Early on in his career, despite also being a composer, he was relegated to mainly writing lyrics, and as he did in both West Side Story and Gypsy, and did a beautiful job. He has often expressed some frustration with West Side Story because Leonard Bernstein was such a poetic, romantic type of artist and Sondheim was always looking for the opportunity to remind the audience that these are kids, these are people who might not know the English language very well. And so to have like 2 16-year-olds talking about hold my hand and we're halfway there like is is <laughs> that exactly what we want these characters to be saying? That being said, I mean, it's based on Romeo and Juliet. Oh my gosh, I didn't even say that. So there's this guy named William Shakespeare. He writes Romeo and Juliet. That's what West Side Story is based on. But like they wax pretty poetic, those teenagers in Romeo and Juliet. So I, I don't I don't know. I don't see a problem with it. What do you think?
0: Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. I totally agree with you. Oh my gosh.
1: <laughs> that balcony sequence in Romeo and Juliet is more flowery than any sort of lyric that they sing yeah. in West Side Story.
0: You know, when you're in love, you do and say things that you thought you'd never do or say
1: ever. Embarrassing. It's true.
0: Yeah. And I think most people have experienced that. So that's why Mm -hmm. they can relate to that.
1: I once went to the gap and spent a lot of money because I had started dating the manager and I wanted to impress him. (laughs) That's really embarrassing to say. That's true.
0: There you go. There you go.
1: (laughs) Um. Okay, so that's Stephen Sondheim. Look, he needs no introduction, and I think his work here is brilliant. There's... Yeah, and let's
0: and let's talk about how he almost didn't take it because he right. wanted to be a composer lyricist. That's what he wanted to be known as, and so it was Oscar and Hammerson that his mentor, him. Yeah, yeah,
1: who was like, "You need to work with Leonard Bernstein. This is going yeah. to." And and it was his first Broadway show because exactly. everything that he had written had been either off Broadway or you know it, yeah. kind of school oriented, yep. uh, collegiate. Mm-hmm. And so this was his first big entry. And wow, what a what an entry. Yeah.
0: And he eventually became full lyricist credit-wise because he mm. first went in as co-lyricist, but then Lenny was busy and he wanted to concentrate more on the music. So he gave full credit to Stephen.
1: Sondheim. That's great. Mm-hmm. Now, also because Stephen Sondheim was in, we get Hal Prince involved, right? Because the yes. show and we're kind of skipping ahead a little bit, but the show loses its main producer.
0: Her name was, uh, was it Cheryl? I'm trying to remember her name. Um, was it Karen? <laughs> I think it was, oh yeah, it was Cheryl Crawford. Okay. Um, she pulled out because everyone that came to see the show that she wanted backing said that it was just too depressing. So they didn't think it would be a hit. So yeah, it was Stephen who brought in Hal Prince because he knew Hal Prince and Hal Prince uh, brought along Robert Griffin and so they decided to produce the show. So thank God for them.
1: Uh, Hal Prince. Hal Prince,
0: another genius. Oh, my another, gosh. Another, exactly. Theater and royalty. Yes. Kind of
1: young in his producing career mm-hmm. at this point, and which gave way to a directing career, which included cabaret and, and Evita. Changed theater forever.
0: Evita, hello. And I oh got to gosh. work with Hal Prince in Evita. He was a director when I toured with the show. That That's another thing. That's another show that's really special to me. It's really quick. It was the first Broadway show I saw. And it was when I got cast in the tour, it was the show that gave me my equity card. So Aww, to get my I card with that. that. So it's really, really special to me. Yeah, but that's another genius. That man is a genius. That's incredible.
1: Yeah. I mm-hmm. I didn't know that you worked with him.
0: yeah. What kind
1: of a director was he as like... In... Oh, no. He
0: was very loving and came very different than than Jerry in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. It was totally opposite of that. Wow. Yeah.
1: One more guy that we're going to talk about in terms of this collaboration, this creative collaboration, uh, Mr. Arthur Lawrence, who wrote the book. And I think... In my estimation, this was probably the hardest job of everybody. I mean, yeah, which is crazy to say when we're talking about the intricacies of the choreography and music and, and lyrics and all of that. But the book really is creating the world in which all of these things can coexist. And what Arthur did a really great job in doing was create a world that felt very relatable to, to 1956, but wasn't yeah. a literal 1956 because there's a dialect that he created so that these kids could swear without swearing.
0: Which I, I think he was very brilliant in the way he did it because he made it timeless because Mm, the thing about like certain words and stuff, then it can start getting dated. Mm -hmm. But like, his language that he created made it timeless.
1: He also wrote Gypsy, go figure. Ah, and yes. and also became a director and and later directed... Uh, yeah, like the, last, a, the, last... the
0: last job he did was he directed the Broadway revival of West Side Story in 2009. Mm. So that was his last directing job. We should uh, probably talk about how Jerry brought the idea of working with Lenny and Arthur back in 47... And he wanted to do a music version of Romeo and Juliet, something like modernize it. And the conflict would be between Irish Catholic family and a Jewish family living on the Lower East Side of Manhattan during the Easter Passover. And so then he wrote the story, East Side Story. And then after they looked at it, they realized that it was very similar to Albie's Irish Rose, which was a Broadway show at the time that was very successful and it became more successful on tour. So when they realized that it was just that, a musical version of that, that's when Jerry said, like, mm, this isn't going to work. And he pulled from that project, and then they just kind of scrapped it. It was right. back in 55 when uh, Lenny was in Hollywood, Arthur was in Hollywood. So they were both there that they got together at the Beverly Hills Hotel. And they said, like, hey, we should look at this again. You know, I, I thought about it because of, like, all the gang warfare that was happening in East Los Angeles at the time, like the Chicano warfare. So then they thought, well, let's talk to um, Jerry again. And Jerry was coming into town to choreograph the King and I movie. And that's when they decided like, okay, this makes more sense. Let's do this. But then Arthur was like, well, I don't really know this Mexican culture. Mm-hmm. But it would make more sense to like place it in, in New York. And we could I'm a New
1: Yorker. I can Porter. get behind yeah, that. Exactly.
0: And the, and the gang warfare there. And so that's where we decided to do that.
1: You can see how the original idea came from, I'm sure, a very personal place. Jerome Robbins was Jerome Rabinowitz, I believe. Mm, Arthur Lawrence was Arthur Levine, both of whom changed their names to sound less Jewish in order to work more. And so this kind of conflict between the Irish Catholic and Jewish, I'm sure, was a very personal thing. By switching it up, it once again took it into this, I think, classic place. And and a true American musical in in Mm -hmm. discussing race relations, immigration, and how... City life really forces all of that to come to a boiling point sometimes. Yes. The show opens out of town. They do a couple of out of town tryouts, I believe, one of which was in Washington, D.C. Yeah. And now, before
0: they, uh, just really oh, please, quick rehearsals. Please. So, normally rehearsals at that time, it was four weeks rehearsals. And Jerry was like, No, I need more rehearsal because there's so much dancing in the show. So, mm. and he told Hal, It's like, if I don't get more rehearsal, then I'm, I'm, leaving this project so how allowed him to do that so instead of four weeks he gave him eight weeks and then because again it was so much choreography jerry brought along an assistant and the assistant was peter gennaro so that's the other thing about jerry again just a very smart man he knew his limitations hmm. so he brought peter gennaro to help with the latin choreography oh, so we okay. look at the show parts of the prologue like the shark section, the, which is called the stake When you see that number, like where the, you, big, that, the big, the big, yeah, that bop, mm-hmm. bop, that kick in the air. That's uh, Peter's choreography.
1: Wow.
0: All of America is Peter's choreography. The yes. mambo in West side story is all of Peter's choreography. In
1: dance at the gym. Right. Okay. Yeah.
0: And also I feel pretty. He staged that, that number. And wow. so a lot of people don't know that. So it's important that we give credit to Peter because his choreography plays a big part. And it's very iconic to the show. Uh, And he did get credit. It's really tiny, 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 (laughs) tiny, at the bottom of the the advertisement. It says co-choreographer, Peter Gennaro.
1: Wow. Now, looking at these collaborators that we've talked about, Jerome Robbins, Leonard Bernstein, Stephen Sondheim, Arthur Lawrence, I I think it's important to mention that all of these guys were gay in their own way. Mm. And we don't often look at West Side Story... As a piece of LGBTQ history. And yet these really incredible artists worked together to create a masterpiece.
0: Wow, that's great, Jeff. I never thought about it. That's that's nice that you're acknowledging that. Hmm, thank yeah.
1: you. mm-hmm. um, okay, so now let's go to Washington, DC. So they're they're previewing out of town, and it feels like most of the changes that they made prior to Broadway <laughs> were about the Jets. And enter an email that you sent to me, (laughs) which is the original opening number of the show. And what it's called, like, Goodnight Moon. What's it called again? It says, how
0: long does it take to reach the moon? Yes.
1: Which is, (laughs) to be fair, is so 50, space travel huge, Mm -hmm. right? And they're trying to remind everybody that these are kids. So this song is all of the jets making chit chat, waiting for riff, their leader to show up. Mm-hmm. You listen to the music, you cut out all the words, and it's basically the music to the prologue, which yeah, yeah. is how we know the show today.
0: For example, like it goes, "How long does it take to reach the moon, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, <laughs> so
1: what exactly happened? They did <laughs> the moon, Aruny. Oh, good heavens! Hello, Can you even imagine.
0: And then part of the the song too, like towards the end is part of the jet song. Again, those lyrics. My greatest day was the day I was born, and the day I was eight, and the day I was five. Also the day when I first blew a horn, when I first stayed out late, when I first learned to drive. Wow. So many
1: words. <laughs> exactly.
0: And it's like, who cares? You yeah,
1: know? right. Oh my gosh. that's so. It's so fascinating to look back on it now. And so it was all done through dance, nothing lost, and everything gained.
0: Correct. Hello.
1: As they were able to make these changes to the show... None of these collaborators were of Latino heritage, mm. so what did they get wrong?
0: Um, well, yeah, it's obviously the show is shown through the eyes of the jets, yeah mm-hmm. um one other change that they made, which was very smart of them, is that they added the America number because it it wasn't there first the The collaborators really? realized that there wasn't a woman's point of view in the show oh, so um oh, wow. I'm so glad they decided to do that, and not only did they decide to woman side of you, but a a Latina, Mm -hmm. and uh, in the Latin culture, the female is put up on a pedestal. Yeah, especially when it comes to the mother, Mm -hmm. and which, in in, if you look at the show, I would consider Anita the mother in this show. So Mm -hmm. she's put up on this pedestal. So it was great to see that they did that. Now it's tricky in the sense where, like, the lyrics in America. For example, in the show, it says, um, Puerto Rico, you ugly island, island of tropic diseases. Now, when they mm. did the movie, Rita Moreno was like, I am not going to say that because she felt that oh. that's saying that we Latin people are, have diseases and that we're dirty. So I refuse to say that. So they changed the lyrics to Puerto Rico, my heart's devotion, let it sink back in the ocean.
1: Um, that's a great lyric.
0: Yeah. What I do want to say about that, because as I've heard a lot from Latinos they kind of have this hate relation, love hate relationship with with our um, side story, and especially when it comes to America, because they they feel it doesn't show Latinos in a good light, and especially that song "America," it's like it's putting us down. It's like no, that, that's not how I see it. I see it as a within your culture, you can it's acceptable to like name call, and it's a, it's kind of done out of like fun and love. It's like. Certain cultures, you can use certain words within each other, but if you Mm. use that certain word outside of your culture, someone that's not in your family cannot be saying this to you. It's unacceptable. So that's how Mm. I approach it.
1: That's a great way to approach it. I can also see how, I mean, every time that I've done West Side Story, I'd say that the audience is predominantly white. And so Mm -hmm. there is something inherently problematic about making a white audience laugh
0: Mm.
1: Within that family, so I, mm. I, I, I guess I do see both sides of that. From an acting standpoint, though, I think that's a great piece of direction to give your actors. That's, well, that's really nice. Thank you. Okay, so the show opens. If I had my druthers, man, I would have loved to have been at opening night of West Side wow. Story on Broadway because oh. it really did blow everyone's minds. Yeah. It it was a new step in musical theater. Now, the funny thing is that the same season that West Side Story came out, so did The Music Man. Mm. And when the Tony Awards came out, The Music Man won pretty much everything except for choreography by Jerome Robbins and I think set design. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you have listened to the podcast, so you may have heard me say that when I was younger, I always thought it was ridiculous that The Music Man won Best Musical over West Side Story. And I have since gone back on that and believe The Music Man to be the better show.
0: I'm all like, okay, bye. (laughs) Done. (laughs) And
1: leave session. But I do still stand by that. That being said, West Side Story, one of my favorite shows over Music Man. But I do think Music Man might be the tighter show. And it's only because, as we'll talk through the show, there are these moments where you can debate back and forth about whether they made the right decision. And when you change things around, there's always something gained and something lost. Mm. And so I'm kind of excited to, to talk about those because I think you'll have some good perspective on it for me.
0: Okay.
1: So let's start. Let's start at the top. All right. Now, if you'll allow me, I'm going to now perform the beginning of West Side Story for you. <laughs> okay, so the current goes up. Ba-da-da-da. Ba-da-da. We see the Jets. They all move on the music. da da Riff steps forward. Riff dances. da da da, 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 da. <laughs> Somebody in the audience laughs. And that's the beginning of West Side Story. <laughs> because they don't know what to do with these feelings, they're seeing yeah. they're seeing these things told with dance. Even though sometimes the laughter is is triggering for us as performers, you kind of got to own that this musical is a little punk rock, and the audience needs an opportunity to adjust accordingly. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so that whole prologue takes a matter of like months and months. So this is before we see the migration of the Puerto Ricanos coming into sure, New York sure, City. Sure, sure, sure. It's probably a warm summer day, you know, they're hanging out. Hanging out outside. Um, Riff, when he does that first, that snap. So that snap is kind of like a nervous twitch. Because a mm-hmm. lot of times when, when when I'm teaching this, and then when I come back to look at the show after it's running, like that snap becomes like this whole other like thing. <laughs> it's its they're, own like, one what? act play. Exactly. <laughs> like, wait, what's going on? Oh, and then let's talk about what they're wearing. They're all wearing blue and yellow. So okay. that's really important too because it creates a mood for the audience when they see all this blue and yellow. The sky, the sea. Uh, there's an ease sp- to it. Yeah, freedom, open space, you know. All those moods are created by looking at that color. Then we see Bernardo arrive, and now he's in black pants, black t-shirt, and a red shirt. So we see mm-hmm. him black and red. Um, maybe his hair is kind of greasy so, and darker skin. So there's like something foreign Um, And so let's look at those colors too. If we look at the religion Orisha from the Yoruba people in Nigeria, West Africa, that religion was brought over to Cuba, Puerto Rico, Brazil, Haiti. And in that religion, and the reason I'm bringing this up is because in the Latin culture, there's a lot of Catholics in the the Latin culture, but there's Uh also a study of Santeria also in a lot of the the Latin culture. So there's a God, his name is Alegua, and he is uh the god of travel and his colors are black and red and in the Stop religion. Yeah. Like traveling so,
1: from Puerto Puerto Rico yeah. to New York.
0: So yeah, yeah. So that the color red in that religion symbolizes life and black death. So here we have the beginning and the end coming into America. And then as we see the number progress, then we see it go for like months and months, then we see more sharks. So the migration is starting to happen over the months. And then we start to yeah. see the conflict and the battle.
1: This prologue is so brilliant. Mm-hmm. Not only because of everything you just told me that I've never heard before in my life, but, <laughs> but by the end of the number, we have been fully introduced to these two groups. We've got the Jets, who has their leader Riff. Other members include the older kids, Diesel, who's the muscle of the group. You got Big Deal, who's the smart Alec. Uh, you have Action, who's a hothead, and Snowboy, I guess, is Snowboy kind of yeah. in, in the older kids as well? Yes, he is. You've also got the younger kids in the Jets Baby John, who's the youngest. You got A Rab.
0: No, and then you have Guitar also. Oh, gi- of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course, Guitar. <laughs> why, yeah. <laughs> or Guitar. He sometimes there, gets yeah.
1: cut. Then you've got the Sharks. The Sharks mm-hmm. have Bernardo as the leader. His number two is Pepe. Is that Pepe? right?
0: Mm-hmm. Then next would be Indio, Anxious, Nibbles, and then uh, Chino's the youngest.
1: Okay. So you got these two groups. They start fighting by the end of the prologue after, like you said, this passage of time. It's escalated to full violence. And I think what's really important about this show is it never says that gangs are a bad idea. Mm. they are all a family for a reason. They're probably not very welcome in their homes, uh, which are probably too small and too hot for the summer. And so they spend most of their time in the street. And then here comes another group who looks very different from them, but probably has more in common with them than they're willing to admit. Mm. And then it becomes about this turf war. Whose area is whose? That brings authority figures, Officer Krupke, Who's a bumbling police officer has <laughs> that has never has anything interesting to say, <laughs> and Lieutenant Shrank, who is I've heard you give a description of Lieutenant Shrank before, and I actually really liked it. What is it that you said? He he's kind of maybe close to retirement.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's really over it because it's like I'm so done. Like I'm getting close to retirement, so like don't give me more heartaches now. Like I, yeah, like, I'm so done. Yeah.
1: At the same time, though. He is very racist, and while he hates both gangs, he certainly does seem to hate the Sharks more. Yeah. He, at the end of the prologue, forces the Sharks to leave and chews out the Jets and says, look, you guys are going to get along, or I'm going to take you both in, and, uh, and that's that. The Jets are left with all of this, I mean angst they just have all of this energy and frustration and really have no idea what to do with it
0: yeah <laughs> they and don't have the tool we also have to mention um anybody's oh my gosh
1: see now there's something poetic in the fact that i forget about anybody's
0: yeah they they don't want her around so they yeah they try to she's there that they try to forget about her so that's that's great that you forgot about her <laughs> <laughs> as a true jet should you know. oh sorry sorry anybody's
1: <laughs> A girl wanting more than anything to be in the gang. The guys don't want her around. Uh, throughout the story, she'll prove herself worthy of the gang.
0: And um, the cool thing, again, about being at all these rehearsals with Jerry when, when I wasn't called, there was one thing that he told our anybody's is that, you know what? The one person that represents me on that stage is you. Because he Whoa. always felt like he didn't belong and he was always trying to fit in.
1: That's revealing,
0: yeah, so I like to share that with my anybodys, but I always wait a little longer into the rehearsal process almost when we're getting towards the end because I kind of want her to feel that and 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 go through that journey before On I her share own, that, yeah, yeah, before I share that story with her because I don't want her to like continue to show feel feel like she's beaten down. I want her yeah. to feel like, okay, no, this is how he felt too. That's beautiful,
1: mm-hmm. Riff, the leader steps forward and says. The sharks bite hard and we need to take care of them in one all out fight. So they're going to challenge them to a rumble. And in order to make the challenge, they have to do it formally. Like there's all of these rules of etiquette within, Mm. you know, within their gangs. They're going to make the challenge to them that evening at a dance at the gym. Riff wants them to dress up sweet and sharp and he's going to go get Tony. And, I, I think Action is the one who steps forward, Mr. Hothead, and says, we don't need Tony. He's not been around forever. Yeah. And Riff stands up for him and says, no, Tony is like my brother. We started the Jets, and we owe him everything. Then we go to Doc's drugstore, which is where Tony works. It seems like he has graduated a little bit out of this gang life. He's taking responsibilities in terms of getting a job. Doc is this sweet old man who owns a shop and is very patient with the Jets in particular. Riff is talking to Tony and saying, you got to come to the dance tonight. We need you. We need all the guys we can get, especially for this challenge and the rumble. Tony's like, forget about it. I'm not feeling this anymore. There's a back and forth until finally Riff is able to convince Tony to come to the dance because who knows, maybe what you're looking for in, in terms of something new might be there. Q. one of the hardest songs to count. Something's coming. <laughs> great song. Great song for Tony in which he, in a true, like, I want way, is expressing that there is something out of reach. He doesn't know what it is, but it's got to be there because where he is isn't, isn't where he wants to be. Anything I'm missing?
0: <laughs> no, no, that's, you're you're so right on.
1: Okay, next we go to Maria and Anita. Mm-hmm. Interestingly enough, they also have jobs. Working at a a seamstress shop? Correct. And how would you describe this dynamic? You said that Anita's kind of like the maternal figure of, of
0: Yeah, the group. she's she's the mother. And um, so they're getting ready to to go to the dance and Maria is upset because it's a white dress and she wants so you know?
1: virginal yeah
0: but i love that it's a white dress because she says at the end it's like tonight is the beginning of my real life as a young lady of america yes so that reminds me of in the latino culture how we have a quinceanera especially in the mexican oh, culture of course. Yeah, yeah yeah so just presenting her and and if you ever been to a quinceanera that she's 15 years old and she's uh being presented it's like a debutante or a debutante ball but so much better it's almost like a wedding but without you know wedding so (laughs) she's presented in this big white dress and stuff and so here we have her in this white dress but i love that they also the costume designer added a little red sash Mm. to demonstrate how she's going from child into womanhood yeah that's that's Mm -hmm. beautiful Mm -hmm. real
1: quick the first time i went to a quinceanera was on my mission (laughs) when I was an LDS missionary and I was serving among like Latino congregations. And so we got invited, you know, cause feed the poor missionaries who are like knocking doors all day, come to the quinceanera and eat some food. So we went and I was like, wait, (laughs) there are production numbers.
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh. How much did I not know about this? I used to be in so many when I was younger as a teenager, (laughs) my parents were like enough, no more, because it would... (laughs) They had to pay for the rent of these tuxes because oh, you had to like no. rent a tux and it's a specific tux that you have to rent. It's not like oh, you really? just wear. It. Yeah. Like the girl picks the tux that you have to wear. And so you have oh, to wear gosh. that. tux. Yeah. Yeah. So everything, but there's so much rehearsal because there's a big waltz that's performed at this quinceanera. So you have to go to these rehearsals too. Yeah. It's a big that's production. Amazing. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. You need to make quinceanera the musical. <laughs> I'm just saying make it happen okay also anita is the girlfriend of bernardo who is the Mm -hmm. the leader of the sharks Mm -hmm. and maria is the little sister of bernardo Mm -hmm. he comes into the shop he's ready to take the ladies to the dance she is being escorted by chino right who's the youngest Mm -hmm. he's kind of the one that bernardo has picked out to be like hey you're you're gonna marry my sis yeah because he's
0: being the youngest he's the one that's the most like innocent of the Mm. bunch. So that's what he wants him for his, his sister. Yeah.
1: He can trust him.
0: let's go back to colors again. So when, when Anita takes off her, her, her robe, uh, we see that she's like work robe. Yeah. She, in the movie and in the original costume for the Broadway show, she wears this lavender purple color dress, which again is so important because in the Latin culture and especially in the Catholic religion, purple represents royalty.
1: Mm. And if you
0: um, know of Catholic traditions, during Lent and during Advent, the priest wears purple during that time, which is in preparation for the coming of the king. So again, sharing this with all my people that are in charge of theater out there, all my producer (laughs) people, that you hire whenever you're doing a show of color or that has characters of color, that you hire someone in your production team that is of color because they bring those layers and that understanding, which is important because a lot of times when I see West Side Story productions, or I see pictures of West Side Story, I see this Anita in this red flamenco dress. Mm. And it's like, no, 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 no. Why do you have her in that? It's like, first of all, she's not from Spain. So why is she wearing a flamenco dress, you know? And then why are you taking away that, that color purple? Because again, that color purple means royalty. And she is this queen you know and Bernardo is this king to the queen and when they make their entrance into that dance at the gym I know I'm jumping ahead it's like here comes our royal couple so don't take away that by putting them in that red color wow it's like not everything latin has to be in red yeah like this whole black lives matter thank god it's it's um caused people to shake things up uh, and I see people posting. You know, I saw so much posting like back li- Black Lives Matters from a different from different theater companies and stuff, which is good. That's the first step. Mm-hmm. The next step means like, okay, now you hire people of color, and I see some of that happening as far as like board members and things. Oh, and hopefully we'll see that when it comes to directing, choreographing, and anyone else on the production team, and also actors. Mm-hmm. But the most important step is that. You not just have us there as just like representation, but that you listen to what we have to say and respect it, honor it, and let it live.
1: Mm. Amen. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah, Hector. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, you're so happy you're here. (laughs) <laughs> Thanks for having me. I, did, I didn't even know that about the purple, but it, it is such an iconic look, but like mm-hmm. all of the thought behind it, there is always thought behind iconic things. Mm-hmm. They never happen yeah. by accident. And it just,
0: yeah, it brings layers and layers and layers to the, to the storytelling.
1: That's great. Okay. So Maria starts spinning. One of my favorite cinematic uh, transitions in the theater. Yes. Right. Going into dance of the gym. And, thus gives way to one of the best pieces of musical theater choreography of all time. I mean, I'm going to probably keep saying that for this entire show, but <laughs> but like dance of the gym is everything. Mm-hmm. It's an it's an entire scene and also has some of the most exciting dancing.
0: Yes. I guess this would
1: be like a community center? Yeah. It's basically a a city deciding, we recognize that there are gang problems, so we're going to create a social activity for them to all decide that they like each other, which yeah. is not what happens at all. No. And looking back on it, one of the things I realize is that, you know, when Gladhand, who's a uh, poor, like, <laughs> poor guy <laughs> he's who's, trying who's, who's, so he's, who's trying so hard, the get-together dance that he tries to have them do, dun 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 with the two circles is very white. I mean, truly. Right. So as much as they're trying to bring two cultures together, they're bringing, they're trying to bring two cultures together within the framework of this white society. There is no, let's respect the differences of each other in order for us to feel like one. From the get-go, it's let's try and create a homogenized society more so than listen and really appreciate the differences.
0: Yeah. And you see the differences. Even The sharks are dressed very different than the jets. In fact, the, it almost looks like the, the sharks have money compared to the way the jets are dressed. Because the jets are point. dressed kind of like, it looks like they're wearing hand-me-downs. Their older brother's um, suit. And most of them don't have like a complete suit. It's like the pants and then a jacket. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of mix-match stuff. Now, the sharks, we got to remember that mostly all those ladies work at the dress shop. So they have access to all of that.
1: Fair so much. a lot of the stuff
0: that they're wearing, I don't even think they own. I think it's stuff <laughs> that they borrowed from the shop, you know? Yeah. Or they yeah, have yeah, access yeah. to. Or maybe got like a really or great made discount. Yeah, made yeah. It. yeah, we can even go back. Because Anita is sewing that that dress for Maria when for we Maria. see her in the right. bridal shop. Yeah, And on top of that, the men normally are in these Cuban heels, which is going to make them Ooh. dance and even stand very differently. Like there's a sense of pride in the way they're standing because of those heels. So even that, we see that, that difference there. So after that promenade circle where you were like, da-da-da-da-da-da, they ended up stopping and they're facing someone of their opposite gang. So they're like, nope, no Absolutely way. I'm going to dance with my own. So then it goes into this mambo, which, again, that that music, when you hear that percussion, oh, it's mm. like, oh, it's just so exciting. It's like, yes. oh, how can you not love this music? I mean, it's brilliant. So then it becomes this, this, this mambo. And so I got to share that when I was learning that mambo, when we were in rehearsal, i like stop the choreographer, the assistant choreographer stopped and was like, what's going on? What's wrong? It's like, whoa, this is a true mambo. And he started <laughs> laughing. He's like, what do you mean? It's like, you're actually counting on the correct counts. It's like a time step. It should start on a count eight. And then you have uh-huh. choreographers who will start on a count one. one. Like, wait, what's going on? <laughs> so the same thing with his mambo, it's, it was choreographed on the two. And I was uh-huh. like, wow, this isn't like a Broadway version of what they think uh, mambo should be. This is like a true mambo count. And I was just so excited that someone like got it right for the cu- my culture. I was oh, so excited. So, awesome. so it's nice to see that. So once we get into that number, going back to the show, it's so funny because then it breaks out into this what is called a jet mambo. The jets really try
1: to show up the show up the (laughs) sharks with their mambo skills.
0: Yeah. Again, it's like it's so white. Like here's that white culture, like taking something that's not of theirs and like, (laughs) oh yeah, let me show you how it should be done. Like we can do it better. And like, oh, please. And then Uh... that's when the sharks come out, and then they go bum, 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 bum. Mambo, which is that section that's called the shark chart so it should look like sharks like slowly moving the the jets off the floor and it's like they're doing it with such class and it looks like they're hardly even working but the jets are working so so hard yeah it is it is a battle and i truly believe the sharks win the battle during this number they should and it's not the jets ball it's that the shark choreography is far superior over the jet choreography
1: fair enough (laughs) Fair enough. <laughs> so this battle reaches almost like a, like a fever pitch, right? Where they're, mm-hmm. uh, everyone is just completely engrossed in, in what they're doing, that they don't realize that Tony, who has come to the dance as promised, and Maria uh, have locked eyes from across the room.
0: And that, even that too, An- again, another so cinematic. cinematic. Yes. Yeah. yes. Like that choreography, the way we weaves in and out. And then all of a sudden we see Tony and Maria. And a few other couples in the back. And yeah. this is called the
1: cha-cha the the section, The cha-cha right?
0: section, correct.
1: Which everybody knows this from, like, you know, more snaps. Snaps <laughs> are very important in West Side Story. But it, it's this really delicate, beautiful little get-to-know-you moment for them. And then they stop. And there's this piece of dialogue, which mm. got to hand it to Arthur Lawrence. This little scene, I think, is so brilliant. They're saying everything and saying nothing at the same time. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Do you have it there in front of you? I can pull it out. Yeah, I do.
0: So, Tony, you're not thinking I'm someone else, Maria responds. I know you are not, Tony. Or that we have met before, Maria. I know we have not. Tony, I felt I knew something never before was going to happen, had to happen. Maria, my hands are cold. Yours too? So warm, Tony. Yours too? Than Maria, but of course they are the same. Tony responds. It's so much to believe, you're not joking me, Maria responds. I have not yet learned how to joke that way. I know now I never will. Mm.
1: That's so romantic.
0: <laughs> and so simple.
1: Yes. And also I think recognizes her limitations in English. Like every mm-hmm. it's it's hitting all the points for me. I yeah. love that little scene.
0: Yeah.
1: <sighs> I love the show. They kiss. <laughs> they they give the smooch, which is when uh, when everybody comes back to life essentially mm-hmm. and sees what's going on. Bernardo is pissed because mm. I mean, totally understandable. And Riff steps in and realizes, hey, this is a great opportunity to make the challenge for the War Council, which is what needs to happen in order for the rumble to happen. And so he says, hey, let's meet at Doc's drugstore. We'll talk. We'll talk everything down and uh, have a great night. Bernardo says, "Come on, Maria, let's get out of here." Tony hears her name for the very first time, and then continues to sing about it for the next four minutes, <laughs> giving way to an aria. I mean, t- speaking of Bernstein's knowledge of classical music and all mm-hmm. things music, he did write an aria for yes. uh, for his lead romantic character. Mm-hmm. And it's a beautiful one at that. Tony sings Maria while walking down the street. I mean, thank goodness, like nobody arrested him for <laughs> disturbing the peace.
0: <laughs> you mean to tell me that there's this guy calling out Maria through the neighborhoods of Spanish Harlem, and no female came out? <laughs> <laughs> like there was only one. One Maria out in that in that neighborhood. <laughs> Through the streets of Harlem, yeah.
1: (laughs) But uh, luckily, there was only one, and she comes (laughs) out of her. (laughs) She comes out of her window, and now there's the balcony scene, which gives way to tonight.
0: Tonight wasn't the original song that was written for the balcony scene. Uh, They had originally written "One Hand, One Heart" during that section,
1: which happens later in the show. Yeah,
0: and Arthur thought it was just like no, that's, it's not working right now for that. It's like, it's, it's not, it's not setting the right mood. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's not the, it's not the right time for that. So he convinced Oscar Hammerstein to talk to Lenny and Steven to change that and put it somewhere else. And that's wow. when they came up with tonight. Wow.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, it, and it's true. Tonight has more energy. It's more exciting. One hand, one heart is reverent. To yeah. Be perfectly honest. What's next America.
0: Yes. Mm -hmm.
1: After tonight, we uh, see this great scene between Anita and Bernardo after the dance in which she's criticizing him for, uh, you know, all of his silly war councils, all of this gang stuff. Her message is basically stop fighting so hard. You're in America. Celebrate it. Mm hmm. And he's like, darling, you're not noticing all of the racism (laughs) that is is existing around here. How are you not angry about this yourself? Mm. And it's another great scene where the chemistry between those two is so sizzling. And yet you also get to explore, you know, both sides of the coin of what it means to be an immigrant, a new immigrant to this country.
0: Yeah, all that foreplay during that scene. Oh my gosh. So sexy.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yes. Definitely Black Orchid. So then, (laughs) so then America happens. And we've talked about that, but it's a great number. Kudos to Peter for choreographing it. And kudos to all of the Jets who do it in the wings with the girls. (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's so true. Every person wants to do that number. Again, so iconic. It's it so is. great. Great. Um before we move on, I do want to share that. So in all the recordings, you hear the number and with an ole um, Oh, right, right, right. And so one time when I was doing the show, uh Danita approached me and was like, you know what, Hector, how do you feel about that ole? It's like, isn't that Spanish? And at that, that you're right, it is Spanish. Oh. It's like it's like, yeah, we should celebrate like all Latin culture. So I always encourage all my my female sharks to use other um, words during that. So they'll say like wepa dale yes. eso así arriba. So I encourage them all to say that at the end of the number. So we incorporate all our Latin family in that. Oh, I
1: love, that. Mm-hmm. I love me some glorious stuff on Wepa. <laughs> That makes me really happy. (laughs) How cool. What a great thought. I hope like everybody's getting inspired to do West Side Story right after the the quarantine (laughs) ends, because this is some good stuff, people.
0: Yes. Yes. And again, it's I mean, it's still happening today. Yeah. We haven't learned our lesson. So it's important that we we share that message of love and hope.
1: Agreed. Mm -hmm. Speaking of love and hope, we go back to the Jets. (laughs) <laughs> just kidding so they're getting ready for the war council they're having a hard time containing their energy and angst riff comes in and basically teaches them all if you lose your cool you're dead and he begins to sing cool which is everything that you've got all of this hatred for the world and the way that you feel like you're oppressed bring it here to your snap. Yeah and this number which the orchestration of this number mm. will bring me to tears on stage because it's like it moves through you in such a visceral way like I can't yeah. not but it's also one of those numbers that if it ever feels easy you're not doing it right
0: that's right good job Jeffrey because you know I always said that I always it's told so my, hard on my cast it's like If it if it's feeling easy, then you can push harder. Like you can get lower on the on that dagger step. You know, Mm -hmm. you can like hold that that leg out on that parachute longer. You know, no, you can't. No, you can't. (laughs) (laughs) The parachute is the step that comes right at the end before you have to come back singing again. After you just dance. Like boy, the hardest you've ever boy, probably would ever done <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then you know it's it's grown to this huge explosive thing and mm-hmm. it, and that's the way the number is built and then it comes back down to to nothing mm-hmm. after they've you know kind of got it all yeah. out
0: we got to talk about um David winter's uh solos uh david was a good friend of mine he uh, was the original baby john on Broadway and in the movie oh. he plays a rap Oh, but cool. for the,
1: so, Was he one of the only ones that went to the movie? Because No,
0: actually, the original A-Rab, Cheetah Rivera's husband. Um, what? And he was A-Rab in the Broadway show. Then he was um, action in the movie. Really? So, he, So yeah, he's the other one. I'm trying to think who else was original. Those are the only two that went from the original cast to the movie. Did they movie. meet on West Side Story? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I and, had no and, idea. and 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 uh, Jerry was pissed because he wanted the sharks and the jets to <gasps> right. so separate. Yeah. So he and was they're pissed like about somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Good for
1: them. Oh uh, yeah. That's so, so cool. I had no idea.
0: Yeah. So for the movie, thank God that that was recorded because it's on it's on record that we have that choreography and that section actually that's david winter's choreography his own choreography because and it's so amazing because you could you i mean you could see david Mm -hmm. fired the gun he imagined himself firing this imaginary gun and um laughter seemed to be the natural part of it it was us the jets against the sharks i blew up the world so they would leave us be
1: wow and you can see that yeah there there is like a level of anarchy to that dance solo mm -hmm, yeah
0: and it is kind of crazy when he goes into that laugh you know Mm-hmm. It is but it's it's so it's it's very disturbing
1: like mm-hmm.
0: yeah and even the jets like the the reaction should be like a nervous kind of laugh because like is he having a nervous breakdown what's going on you know
1: right yes. this is in the 50s yep this is, this um. is amazing art being made mm-hmm. in the 50s yeah my gosh cool <laughs> <laughs> For lack of a better word <laughs> the jets end that number the sharks come in The Jets pretend they're not huffing and puffing after dancing so hard. And the War Council proceeds, in which they need to decide on a place for the Rumble and weapons. Mm -hmm. And what they decide on is that it's going to be at the park, under the highway. Under Under the the
0: highway. highway, yeah.
1: And when they decide on weapons... It starts escalating from bottles to knives, guns, and Tony jumps in, you know, having just come off of his balcony date with Maria and says, why do you need weapons? Are you are you chicken? Why don't you just fight with this skin to skin, Mm -hmm. thinking that that will make things less violent and better for him and Maria? The two leaders agree that it's going to be a fair fight. And it's going to be Bernardo versus Diesel.
0: Who's built like a truck. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Who's like a Diesel truck. Yeah. Uh Lieutenant Shrank comes in, breaks, breaks up the war council, realizes that they've probably decided on a rumble. He makes the sharks leave. They whistle My Country Tis of thee, which <laughs> is a brilliant little <laughs> detail. And, and that start- last note. <laughs> That's good whistling. I can't whistle. I always
0: have no to way. whistle in
1: shows and I can't do it. Wow. Anyone can whistle except for Jeff. Like I can't, he, he can't do it.
0: You know what? Though, can... That happens a lot because like in act two when baby John, but uh yeah, and he has to whistle back with A-Rap. Mm-hmm. It never fails. The baby John and A-Rap for some reason can never whistle. So it was has to be an offstage whistle.
1: I have had to stand next to anybody's and have her whistle into my microphone <laughs> because I can't do it. And then I do Peter Pan. I can't whistle Windy. I do South Pacific. I can't whistle. There's nothing like a dame. Stop making me whistle. I can't do it. Uh, anyway, okay. Lieutenant Strength comes in. He starts grilling the jets really hard about where this rumble is going to be. And he starts pressing all of those buttons like just a meme. And that's when
0: we start to learn more about these jets because he starts saying like, yeah, like,
1: How's the action on your mother's mattress action? Action,
0: yeah. So stuff like that.
1: These poor kids, they're just teenagers. And he's like just trying to push their buttons. Riff is reminding them about the cool lesson. And they're able to keep it together enough to get out of Doc's drugstore without letting him know any of the information about the rumble. Mm -hmm. Tony's really excited about the whole fair fight thing. And so he goes to tell Maria at the dress shop that it's going to be a fair fight no no worries. Maria responds by saying any fight for us is no good. Mm-hmm. So you have to go to that rumble and stop it completely. This gives way to like this little fantasy sequence in which they get married. Yeah. Now while it may be make believe to them, it feels very real to us. Yeah,
0: they definitely are making a commitment. Yeah. Yeah. And those lyrics, they're one hand one heart. It's perfect. It's a vow. During that scene, yeah.
1: This song, One Hand, One Heart, is one of the most beautiful songs ever written. Yeah. Gorgeous. After One Hand, One Heart, we go to the quintet. Quite possibly.
0: Talk about favorite moments. Really? Gosh, it just gives me chills listening to the the vocals on that and how it keeps building and it's brilliant. And once Mm.
1: again, Jerome Robbins requiring so much from his dancers in terms of acting and storytelling. Here we have Leonard Bernstein requiring so much from his dancers in terms of music ability yes these were a bunch of ballet dancers singing in in counterpoint it's pretty incredible yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and
0: it isn't even the end of the first act no i know another
1: I know. revolutionary part yeah the
0: applause that that gets at the end yeah. and uh, everyone thinks it is the end of that first like segment. here it's come like, the lights top, up for intermission how do you top that like, i'll hello. tell you how you
1: top it with two <laughs> dead bodies <laughs> So then we go to the Rumble and the Jets and the Sharks meet up. It's going to be a fair fight until Tony comes in and tries to stop it. Bernardo starts yelling names at Tony, which is honestly probably the only thing that gets to Riff. Right. Mm -hmm. Riff has been telling everyone to stay cool. And then he forgets his own advice as soon as the attacks turn on Tony. So Riff jumps in to defend Tony. It's not a fair fight anymore. They each have knives. Mm -hmm. You have this crazy knife fight that ends with Riff accidentally being stabbed. Uh, He bleeds out and dies in Tony's arms. This is his brother. This is his family. Maybe not literally, but might as well be. Mm -hmm. He grabs Riff's knife and goes over and kills Bernardo. Mm -hmm. And then it's all chaos. Yeah. Until the... Police siren starts and they all run away, disappear. Anybody's appears to take a completely devastated Tony off stage, and also get rid of the evidence, right? He, yeah. She grabs both and here, of the... And here knives.
0: again, look at that. The woman to come to save the day.
1: Wow. Mm-hmm. Hey, mm-hmm. you're mm-hmm. exactly right. And for the first time ever in a musical, the first act ends with just two spotlights on two young kids dead in the
0: street. Mm. Wow.
1: Crazy. Act two starts with I feel pretty. Now, uh, I think this song has uh, always been criticized. And how do you feel about that?
0: Yeah, I know that Stephen doesn't like it. Steven Sondheim, he's mm-hmm. always said that. It's like he felt that he doesn't believe uh, a young Puerto Rican girl would be saying that.
1: Mm. And so
0: and I know for this new Broadway revival um, that Started and opened in 2020, but had to be shut down because of COVID. They decided not to include I Feel Pretty in the show. They felt they it was all together, really. They cut it completely. And the other number that they cut most of it was the somewhere. They kept it kind of like in the movie where it's just the song, but they cut the entire other sections. Oh, but my heart. When, That's
1: a short second act, by the way.
0: Well, they don't have a second act. It goes straight, it's a one act show now. So from the rumble, they go straight into, um, Chino telling Maria that Bernardo's dead. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, so it's but um going back to I feel pretty. So I think it's important and it's sad that again, this production team with no Latin people on that team decided that it was right to cut it, which is taking away power from women because those words I feel pretty for Latinas to say that is very, very powerful. Mm. Um because they're looked at as something foreign, something not as as pretty something different. So for these women to be saying that they feel pretty is very important and, and their voice is being silenced by this number being cut from the revival. So mm. I just I, dis- I disagree with that choice. To take away someone's voice like that is a female voice, a Latina voice, is is not right. It mm. needs to be told. It needs, you know, they have a voice yeah. and you should listen to it. Mm.
1: If you're going to cut something, please don't let it be the characters that are probably less represented.
0: Amen. <laughs> hey good job, Jeffrey. Yes. <laughs> Who comes
1: in first after I Feel Pretty? Is it it's Chino?
0: Chino. Mm-hmm. Chino's, Chino calls out. And that's when the girls are like, it's Chino, the bridegroom. Oh, so then, right. Yeah.
1: Because they think she's singing about Chino.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: So he comes in and unfortunately the news he has to give her is that her brother mm-hmm. is dead and he was killed by Tony. I love her reaction. She immediately starts praying that it's not true. Oh man, do I connect with that. How many times mm. <laughs> have I been faced with something that I just like can we just go back? Yeah. God. Can we please just yeah, pretend could that Could we that, that, start again, please? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. But as she's praying, Tony crawls through her window through the balcony. Mm-hmm. And and how do you feel about this? How do you feel about her so quickly forgiving her brother's murder?
0: <sighs> it's that's that's hard because it's i mean she's going through so many emotions that's the thing is there's so many emotions the things that we do and say when we're in a high state of emotion mm-hmm. are are not always we don't logical. always understand it yeah exactly logical is a better word so i think that's what she's going through i mean her love for him is so so great but this is her brother so there's, there's it's just like there's a lot a lot yeah. there yeah i'm
1: sure you don't want to be alone either
0: that's no. rough mm-hmm. And then he tries to explain themselves. So it's like, well, right. okay, well, so true. then there's two sides to every story, you know, that's right. the
1: thing. What they are able to see is a vision of what things could, of how things could be, mm-hmm. and thus begins the Somewhere Ballet, which yeah. often gets cut, apparently it did for the most recent revival. Mm-hmm. So now let's talk about it, because I know it's one of your favorite parts, and one of it the reasons is. why you believe in doing the original choreography.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you don't include this, then I don't think the show is complete. So Jerry shared that in regards to the somewhere number. He says, we're dead unless the audience feels that there's hope and wish for escape from the tragedy and tension built on that desire. So um, hmm. I know this last time when I said the show was in San Diego. When they had done the show, I think it was 12 years before that, they had cut the number because most people do first of all that the music is really difficult the time signature changes all over the place so if mm-hmm. you don't know how to read music it can be really challenging for a choreographer and can be very frustrating if you don't know music
1: and lack of rehearsal i mean we we oh, have yeah. so, so little rehearsal nowadays
0: yeah yeah and again i mean jerry asked for eight weeks of rehearsal you know right. and it was there you four weeks and here, normally for a regional production, there's normally just two weeks of rehearsal. And it's really less than that because you have 10 days before you have the designer run through. <laughs> so It's like a week and a half, really, to finish your show. Uh, so it's it's tight. It's tight. But I told this, the producer, and the director of this production in San Diego, I said, you know what? I know you don't know it. I know you could it last time. It's like, let me just choreograph the number, show it to you once it's done. And if you still feel like... It's, it's not furthering the story or we don't need it or you want to cut it for whatever reason, I'm going to respect and honor that wish, but please allow me to do it for you and present it to you before you make that decision. So he allowed me to do that. And after he saw it, he couldn't believe that he cut it the first time. He's like, he's wow. really sad that he did that. And he watched the show every night and the show ran for three weeks. And he said he would cry every time he would see that number. He said that, and even the cast members that had done that production prior to the production I did, 'Cause a lot of the adults in that show, they did their roles again. Um, they would watch it in the wings and they said, you know what, this show without that number is it leaves you hopeless. Like that's the only hope you have is with that number, you know? And it's so beautiful and it has so many different sections. And again, this is where you have to hire triple threats because mm-hmm. that Tonya Maria have to do this this ballet number. It's not mm-hmm. like a step touch or like and there's no way of hiding it because there's only three couples during that section when they're doing their section so of the exposed. ballet. <laughs> yeah. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. I never thought of this, but you know, prior to West side story, many of the dream ballets were giving insight to uh, what was going on in in the characters, you know, mm-hmm. hearts, minds, Oklahoma, first and foremost, this dream ballet, the somewhere ballet in West side story is not only giving insight to the characters that we're seeing on stage, it also is giving insight to the audience of their own lives. Like you said, it's offering a piece of hope of just imagine, imagine what this could be.
0: Mm -hmm. And towards the end of the number, it goes into what's called the nightmare section. And then we go back into reality and it kind of predicts what's going to happen too Mm -hmm. if we continue to live this way, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know,
1: wow. When the ballet is over, we go back to Tony Maria, and they have consummated their relationship. Mm-hmm. They're in bed together.
0: It no, is... we actually from there we go into um, Krupke. Oh my gosh! See, okay, now no, it's here's hard. you know because normally that's the way it happens in in your mind because of the yeah. movie because that's yeah. the way it happens in the movie. In the movie, they did the change where they switch Cool and, and Krupke in their locations in the story. See, um, and this
1: is this is kind of what I was talking about in terms of the West Side versus Music Man thing.
0: Where, mm-hmm. like, I never remember that
1: keys after after this. Yeah. That's it, it seems like such a total shift in tone. Yeah. And it is.
0: And I agree why they did it, too. Like, it makes sense, like, in, in the movie. Because, it, like, there's this journey. So they create this certain mood that they want mm-hmm. you to go on. So it works. In the in the Broadway musical, it's, I mean, you're just so drained. All, after all of this, Is like, you just need an escape. You just mm-hmm. need to, like, exhale and kind of just like laugh even though like it might be inappropriate or feel inappropriate it's like you just got to do it because it's just so draining you know yeah so i get why they did that in the in the broadway show
1: uh i don't know see once again when you debate it there's something gained and something lost Mm -hmm. are you disrupting the flow of this serious nature yes are you providing people with a little bit of levity before everybody gets murdered yes you know what i mean like i i don't know if there's an easy answer to it all
0: and the other way i look at it too is like you know what people that are young or immature are very inappropriate
1: during Mm -hmm.
0: during certain times so it does show like it's kind of wrong but it's also like that's what they would probably do
1: yeah i don't know i i haven't ever seen that so i i Mm. i don't know
0: See, I, I do. I, I, Jeffrey, I think you have seen it. You just haven't realized that you have seen it. I mean, we could even talk about like what's going on in, um, or what happened at the Capitol, um, mm-hmm. and stuff and what they did, and seeing videos later of them like taking pictures or whatever. And so it's still happening with yeah. people who are immature in that sense, you know. I don't want to say yeah. young because no, they're not young, they're these not people, young. But they were, but they're very immature in that sense, or they've been damaged so much. And I don't want to excuse what they did. Mm-hmm. They've been damaged so much that their actions are damaging. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, and and you do through Krupke come to understand more of the oh. damage that the that the Jets boys yeah. have gone through. You learned a you know? lot
0: more about their life. Yeah.
1: Whether it's been you know passed around from social worker to social worker, or psychiatrist, or judge, who's making all of these assumptions about who they are without ever really mm-hmm. getting to know them oh, at punishing all. punishing
0: them some because of their family, their brother, mm-hmm. their sister, you know?
1: Yeah. So Krupke becomes this vaudeville type number about what it means to be a teenage delinquent and <laughs> has quite possibly the best ending ever <laughs>
0: oh yes and that's where we go back to those words you know yeah to take ah, officer Krupke
1: and then turn it around and say Krup you i mean yep. it doesn't yep. get any better than that yeah is it true that sondheim had originally wanted to use the f-bomb the f-word yeah the
0: f-word yeah. And, then, and to me that's that's smarter that's like smart it's better it's yeah it's
1: amazing that they actually got more creative because they decided not to curse mm-hmm. and it, yeah. it's better
0: for it It is. Brilliant.
1: Okay, so now after Krupke, post-coital, Anita (laughs) comes to see Maria. Maria is, of course, knows that Tony needs to get out of there. He grabs his shoes and and leaves via the fire escape. Anita's hearing whispering and knows that someone else is in there with her. So the minute that Maria opens the door for her, she goes to the window to see who escaped and sees Tony running away and uh, is furious. And sings a boy like that. Now, this duet, which how often do we get amazing two-female duet?
0: And then the journey that it takes those two ladies, too. Yes. Because especially for Anita. Yeah. Yes. I mean, for Maria, too, because Maria has to convince Anita, you know.
1: In many ways, I would argue that this arc of Anita coming to terms with Tony is better than the arc between Maria and Tony about coming to terms with Tony. Yeah. You know what I mean? I agree. It's so beautifully sculpted. And by the end of I Have a Love, Maria helps Anita recognize that they actually have a lot in common in understanding what love does to you and what it means to you, how it might be Mm -hmm. the most important thing, that there is no question in our minds as to why Anita accepts Tony as Maria's uh, future. Yeah. Gorgeous writing. Yes. Lieutenant Schrenk comes in to interview Maria about her now dead brother, but Maria was supposed to go meet Tony at Doc's drugstore. So she asks Anita if she will go to the drugstore for her because she has a headache and needs some medicine. Wink, wink. Mm -hmm. Anita agrees to go. And as she leaves, we get the idea that Maria is telling Shrank a complete fabrication about what mm-hmm. actually went down at the gym. Which, going back to my jury duty, that was one of the hardest things about that case, is that nobody would tell the police anything. And everything that, like all of the information they received, was contradictory to what everybody else said because nobody trusted them on, on either side. Oh, okay. Is this is this the tough scene? Are we there? Oh, yeah. Okay. So this is the scene called the taunting. The Jets are in the drugstore, and Anita comes in to relay the message from Maria. They see her and immediately turn on her mm-hmm. and uh, start calling her horrible names, horrible racist names.
0: See, again, that's why it's so important to have I Feel Pretty Oh, you know, so true.
1: To to counteract garlic mouth and all the other exactly, crap that they're yeah. spewing at exactly, her.
0: Exactly. Exactly.
1: Another piece of amazing writing as they're harassing her which ultimately leads to an attempted rape.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: There's music playing and building to the point where it's America. Yeah. We hear this song in which she had stood up for where she had stood up for this new place where she was living. And now it's played with this anger and fear. And she's literally being taken advantage by these guys. And it's ultimately Doc who comes up and stops it all. I think this is really triggering for audiences to watch nowadays. And um, because we think of this, like the movie and the musical as being old and classic, we forget that it's even in there.
0: Yeah, the last, again, the last production that I did in San Diego, the theater company got a lot of I want to say a lot, but some patrons, subscribers uh, called in and wrote in and complained about that scene that, why did we add that to it, to the show? You know, it was wrong. Whoa. It was to do that. And um, he had to inform that, that it was like, no, that's written in the show. And it's also the original staging. And it's good that it disturbed them that way because that should disturb you. And wow. again, it's we still haven't learned our lesson and it's still happening today. You oh, know, So people need to hear it.
1: The two types of emotional reactions that I have that always lead to the biggest lessons are when I feel like something was prepared, especially for me. I know it wasn't prepared for me. I know Arthur Mm -hmm. Lawrence didn't write the script for (laughs) me. Mm -hmm. The other time is when I feel personally offended.
0: Mm.
1: Whenever I feel personally offended, that's usually the moment when I need to take a step back and be like, huh. Why did I feel that way?
0: Yes, yes.
1: And what
0: stirred up that emotion within? And
1: there's always a great lesson to be learned there. Of
0: course. What's
1: also interesting is that if whatever happens to Anita has to be so bad Mm -hmm. that she then tells a horrible lie. Mm -hmm. If all they did was call her a couple names. Yeah. I don't think that someone as smart and beautiful and strong as Anita no, because was she's stooped a strong to this woman. level.
0: Yeah, she's a strong woman, but they broke her. They literally broke her. Yeah,
1: yeah what they sought out to do was break her. They succeeded, and what yeah. they get in return is her telling them... More
0: hatred. And-
1: yeah, exactly, more hatred. Her telling them that Chino found out about Tony and Maria and that he shot Maria and she's dead. And so and go, go ahead and tell Tony that. Mm-hmm. And poor Doc has to be the one to tell this news that that they all believe to be true to Tony. Tony, of course, is devastated. And so he takes to the streets, calling out for Chino to kill him, too. As he's running around, he sees Maria, who is now coming to the drugstore. He runs to her, and the minute that he gets to her, Chino appears with the gun and shoots him. He falls to the ground and they have this beautiful scene in which oh, it's so it's so sad how he says, I tried so hard, mm-hmm. but it, it, they just won't let us be. Mm. And he passes away. You slowly have members from both gangs trickling on as well as Lieutenant Schrank and Officer Krepke. Yeah. Maria walks over to Chino, who has the gun, and asks for it. Do you have the script in front of you? Can you read this monologue?
0: Yeah. Um, Maria about the gun? Yeah. How do you fire this gun, Chino? Just by pulling this little trigger? How many bullets are left, Chino? Enough for you and you, all of you? We all killed him and my brother and Rift too. I can kill now because I hate now. How many can I kill, Chino? How many and still have one bullet left for me?
1: I can kill now because I hate now.
0: Mm-hmm. How about um, we all killed him? Even yes. Like that? being responsible like when we're like sharing lies and hate
1: and then we're surprised when this happens?
0: Yep. Mhm. No, no, no. Yep. Oh.
1: Gosh, dang it. This is powerful. Mhm. Speaking to the strength of this young young girl. She decides not to shoot anybody. And instead gives into her sadness. Mhm. It almost seems like another rumble is going to break out, like another big yeah. fight. But maria stops that and it's ultimately her, it's ultimately maria who invites the two groups to come together yes mm-hmm. i mean tragically it's over the body of tony
0: she, she reaches out her hand to um the jet side and they ignore her and she tries to reach out to the sharks and they turn their back on her finally action decides like okay let's let's go so they go towards the body and they try to lift it and then like his body flops over because they can't lift it with just three and so then um. Pepe steps forward, and then the sharks look for the direction. So then they come together, and they carry the body off together in a procession. And when we're left, is the only people that are left on stage are the women and the adults, which symbolizes um, how when, when men go off to war, the women and our older uh, family members and people are the ones that are left behind. Wow. Mm-hmm.
1: And musically, what's going on is Somewhere Refrain, bum, bum, mm-hmm. which, you know, is filled with such hope, followed directly by a bomb.
0: Yeah. yeah. So it ends it, like with a question, like... It's up to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: I, I always feel like it's a question given to the audience. Mm-hmm. You decide. Yeah. Is there going to be a somewhere?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's how the show ends. Uh. <sighs> It's okay. I mean. <laughs> wow. <laughs> we that went was through, through it, Hector.
0: Hector. Oh, my god! I wasn't expecting to like, I have to say I'm a little drained right now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I that was it. a journey. That's a journey. It but is. again, that's how powerful this show is, you know, yeah. that it takes you on this journey. And um, and I think, too, is because of everything that uh, that's happening right now in the news and in our government. We still haven't learned our lesson. Yeah.
1: We still haven't answered that question. But thank
0: God that we, we have hope. That's what keeps us going is our hope.
1: Yeah, which is why you have to do the ballet.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, everyone listening? Are you producers out there listening?
1: (laughs) Thank you so much for doing this, Hector. I appreciate you so much. Thanks, (laughs)
0: Thanks, daddy-o. <laughs> Buddy boy.
1: <laughs> I'm so grateful to have had the opportunity to take part of this monumental piece of musical theater history with you. And thank you for affording so many modern audiences and uh, performers with, with that same privilege.
0: Oh, thanks. Thanks. As always,
1: if you have recommendations for shows you'd like us to cover on a musical theater podcast, you can always email me at podcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media on our Instagram and Twitter at A Musical Podcast. And while you're at it, take a trip over to our T Public Store where we have designs based on favorite episodes, past and present.
0: Hey, Hector, how can we follow you and everything you're up to? Uh, my website is www.hecterguerrerodance.com. And I'm also on Instagram at Hector Guerrero Dance and on Twitter at Heck g dance
1: thank you again hector for for doing this and everybody out there corrupt you no that's terrible i'm not gonna end the show that way (laughs) can you imagine there's no hope in that uh and to everybody out there i feel pretty i know you do (laughs) i know you do (laughs) if if i could say any line in this show it would be i know you do That's so great. There are so many tags that this show could have. And everybody out there, keep it cool.